Welcome to Influencing Magic Adapts Magic Podcast, exploring how members of the Disney and creative communities became influential in their different disciplines. We're interviewing and sharing experiences of an ever-growing influencing market, drawing from Daps Magic's nearly 20-year history within the Disney community. Come with us as we share what it takes to be a successful Disney influencer, both professionally and personally. While seeking to influence kindness along the way, I'm Mr. Daps. I'm Annie, and you're listening to Episode 9 of Influencing Magic, Tools of the Trade. Yeah. But before we dive into it, what is new with you, Mr. Daps? It is summer. Mm-hmm. Technically. Technically. You may not know it outside, but it is. Um, I had a birthday, and that was fun. Um, we're working on some new things for DAPs, specifically around the world of podcasting. And if you're a patron, you already know this. But uh, <laughs> we have some fun things coming. And, um, and I will say expansion on the horizon. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. And um, so I think that's really cool. And... Uh, by the time this comes out, nope, we won't have yet. We will be covering the opening of Rogers the Musical. That's fun. I yes. didn't think about that. We got invited to that. So <gasps> That's either, great. either we will have just gone or we will be going. I can't remember when this Yay. goes live. I didn't yeah. know that. That's so exciting. Yay. Yeah. How about you? Uh, for me, I am uh, diving headfirst into just like new projects personally. Um, something really cool, you know, we always talk about inspiring other people and lifting them up and encouraging to do things that they love. Um, my niece, Annabelle, who is turning 11, oh I can't my. believe it. She's turning 11 next month. I don't know um, if that's okay. She has decided that she wants to be a businesswoman. Oh, cool. So we've been um, developing her business plan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, aside from opening up a donut, shore, a donut shop that is next to an animal shelter where she can rescue animals, she also wants to um, do art. So nice. she's going to sell art in her donut shop animal hospital. Um, and so she's been begging my sister to open up an Etsy shop. And my <laughs> nice. sister has been trying to help her realize that like it's not just selling things like there's a lot more like basically my sister would end up running a, an 11 uh -huh. year old shop so that's not necessarily something that she wants her to experience yet so um i am doing a so wait another five years and then she could do it Is i told her she could do it when she was like 16 <laughs> that's she what was i was like, thinking oh. in my head <laughs> like, when she's 16 she can just do it her own right um so I am going to be part of a Isle of Magic uh, art show, vendor show that's happening in, in November. You guys should check out Isle of Magic uh, Instagram. We're all about uh, helping influence with our friends. So, Very cool. um, And Eva is amazing. She's the one who runs it. Anyway, I told Annabelle that if she really wants to try selling her stuff, she could uh, work oh, hard over the summer. She is creating artwork. We're making stickers together. Cool. And she is crocheting. Nice. I'm not going to say what, because I don't want anybody to steal an 11 year old's idea. But um, something very cool. It's super cute and adorable and a little bit wonky. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But she's going to get a corner of my table very at the cute. show so that she can try uh, selling her, her stickers and what. So I'm, I'm walking her through the process. We are developing her new product line. Um, this edition is going to be uh, modeled after her favorite desserts. Okay. So if you think of like munchlings at Disneyland, how those yeah. are like, you know, like yeah. blueberry pie or whatever. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's it's been cool. really fun working with her in her sketchbook. And like, that's fun. 
it's just really cool being able to see her be excited about something that I also do and helping influence how she sets herself up for success and whether or not the show is is a success this experience i think is going to be a really cool thing to work with her it'll open her eyes at the very least yeah so that's very cool it's been i know it's a kind of a long story to share but i thought it would be fun to to share that on here because we're talking about influencing magic and i think that that is definitely magical of inspiring an 11 year old to follow her dreams and start them young absolutely yeah, that's my story. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm not a beaming aunt over here at all of like being so proud of her and what she's doing. So Nice. I love it. Yeah. All right. Should we jump into the episode? <laughs> let's jump into the episode. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into episode number nine, Tools of the Trade. So today we're talking about tools of the trade. Mm-hmm. What exactly does this mean, Annie? So basically, if you are starting out your new journey as any kind of social media influencer, doesn't matter what topic, what subject you're trying to dig into. Or you could say marketer too. Marketer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are trying to make any kind of influence on an audience, these are the tools of the trade that we would recommend you think about. And uh, as we go through it, maybe decide which one would fit into your uh, vision of what you're trying to do and which ones would work the best for your projects. And I can say we've used just about all of these. Mm-hmm. How much we've used them depends kind of on what your goals are, what your what your focus is at any given mm-hmm. moment. And there's a lot, a lot of different possibilities. And that's a good thing, but it can also be overwhelming. So mm-hmm. we're going to give you a top level, hey, these are what you need to know. And you can dig into things that really interest you or excite you. In fact, that's always a good way to get going. Is like, oh, I'm excited about this. And just keep digging in and and play with them at the end mm-hmm. of the day because that's the best way to see if it's as good as it sounds right and and then you can use some you can discard some you can use all of them i mean maybe not all of them you know, <laughs> maybe maybe work, not all <laughs> work your way into it we'll um, be giving you uh different varieties too so we're starting with the basic of the basic yes and then if you want to research your way up further mr daps is great at at that angle of of expertise we should say and if you want to know more uh, let us know in the comments and we could always revisit this in a later podcast mm-hmm. too and go like a 201 version instead of a 101. Yeah. Cool. That'd be pretty cool. Like a master class. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right. Should we get into it? Let's do it. All right. What are we doing first? Okay. First, we're going to talk about uh, various social media pl- media platforms. So it really depends on what platform you're going to utilize. So little bit of a shameless plug for our next episode we are going to be doing yes we're gonna oh yes 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 episode 11 sorry you were listening to episode nine Mm -hmm. on this one um shameless plug for that because we will be going in depth on the platforms and maybe think about this stuff uh when you get to that one and it will kind of help you make your decisions so the first thing you want to do is choose the platforms that align with your niche and target audience, which also shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) You should listen to episode seven where we talked about finding your niche. And uh, there's a little printout there for you so that you can uh, figure that out. That was good. But yeah, it was a good plug. Two (laughs) plugs in one. I'm Um, impressed. Okay. So the platforms that we're going to kind of be talking about uh, tools and tech for Mm -hmm. could include Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, the sky's the limit as far as what kind of platform that you want to use. And you had mentioned earlier that we might throw in some stuff on LinkedIn later. Um, 
again, it just depends on what your focus is going to be. So the first, uh, I guess, subject that we're going to talk about as far as tech tools. So the technology that you're going to need to want, you're going to, sorry, you're going to need to think about uh, in terms of what you want would be a camera, some type of. These are of, kind of like physical tools that you actually yes. need to do whatever it is you want to do to communicate and connect on any of these platforms. And, and so any platform you're going to, you're going to use, you're going to need some sort of a camera. Mm -hmm. And that could be something as simple as an iPhone. Like we've done tons of stuff with our iPhone, even yeah. you and me together. And that could be something as fancy as a mirrorless DSLR Canon R5 um, and, mm -hmm. or, or something else, maybe like Sony, whatever it is. But it needs to be something that's reliable, that looks good, that uh, that you can run. <laughs> yes. Uh, because not all cameras are created equal, and some of them have a very high learning curve. And if you're brand new and you jump into a really expensive, fancy camera, you're going to find yourself frustrated or only using auto, which just isn't ideal mm -hmm. um, for learning how to really do this. So kind of be thinking about where am I on the learning curve of video photography, whatever it is that you're trying to, to use and mm -hmm. use a camera for. And, uh, and then where is it going also? So if I want to take a night shot for, let's say we're doing something in galaxy's edge okay. and it's nighttime and I want a picture of the millennium Falcon and we need it for something we're promoting or whatever it is. I'm just making this up. I'm probably not going to use an iPhone or any type of smartphone just because as great as these photos look, they're never going to be big enough or have enough data in them for me to manipulate them later. So whether that's in Photoshop or Lightroom or something like that. And so instead, I'm always going to bring in, I have a Canon 60. I will bring that in. In a perfect world, I'll also bring in a tripod and I'll get some really nice, crisp, high def mm -hmm. pictures of Galaxy's Edge, maybe the Millennium Falcon, that we can then go back later and play with in Photoshop and maybe want to change some of the shadows or the coloring or something like that. But it sets us up for success for multiple uses and, and different uses later mm -hmm. on. Whereas if it's just for social, maybe it's just for Instagram or something uh -huh. where they're going to compress your photo anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I'm going to use my phone. Like it's fine. Yeah. And, and honestly, a lot of the stuff I put on Instagram, I've taken on my, my camera mm -hmm. uh, just because I can compensate for what's going to happen on Instagram ahead of time. And, and you kind of just learn how that goes, but uh, make sure it's usable Yes. and make sure it's reliable. Um, and, and then if, and to make sure it's fun, like yeah. that, I think was also a big part of it. Is that yeah. enough on that? <laughs> Is what? Is that enough on that? I, well, I wanted to what add to that, uh, if you are starting out, I think the smartphone is going to be your best option. Mm -hmm. um, like Mr. Depps said before, it's going to take a lot of time and there's going to be a big learning curve if you try to go all out. I mean, you can do that if that's what your heart is telling you to do. <laughs> and if you want but, an easy entry level digital camera, oh, that's a good idea. Look at like a Canon M50. Um, there, that's a, a camera that you can start simple and build on mm -hmm. and and then you can see what you want to do with that feature right. um but the good thing about starting with a smartphone um i use iphone you use iphone it's going to be your one-stop shop for a lot of the tools True. that you are going to need going forward 
to get yourself out there. You're going to be able to have all of your social media platforms on your phone already. Uh, the cameras on the iPhones get better every time. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing about the iPhone 2 is that if you do upgrade and you don't turn in your old phone, you can use that as an additional camera. Oh, yeah, totally. Where, like, for right now, we're we're re recording this. A lot of times, Mr. Dapp streams various uh, he, uh, Geeks Corner is streamed. You can stream from an iPhone. You can hook that up and use it as a camera output, even on Twitch, on YouTube. So even if you don't want to use it as your primary one, you can keep those older versions of the iPhone and use them as multiple camera shots. The other um, thing you can do with that, too, is if you do keep it, um, we've had trips where Murray and I've been in Walt Disney World and he always, for whatever reason, has an extra iPhone. Uh -huh. And and so we'll use that for filming stuff and then we can still be texting with each other, yeah. especially when we're covering events. Like I'm thinking of the 40th anniversary of Epcot last year. And it gave us the ability to just have a simple way to capture the moment without also disconnecting. Right. And, and that can, if you're working with more than one person, that can be very important if you're at an event or if you're on a trip even like mm -hmm. the worst thing in the world is if you're streaming something over here or you're recording something over here. Right. And let's say you and I are somewhere and you can't get a hold of me because I'm only recording in the middle of a live stream <laughs> or whatever, yeah. <laughs> which has happened before. <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> Another cool thing. I'm going to use your phone as Do an it. example. Um, for those of you that are watching, you can, if you have two, two phones, how easy is it to hold them like this? I've got it in an L, L shape with both cameras visual, uh, visible to whatever subject. And I can get two forms of content. I can get horizontal nice. and vertical at the same time, same shot. I don't have to do any extra work. All I need is just two iPhones. I want to see you do that in the park. I think that'd be fun. Don't tempt me. <laughs> oh, I already did. <laughs> I literally was like, I want to see Annie walking around like this. Yeah, but how easy is that? I love that's that. a cool that's little hack that you can do with the iPhone. So, okay. Very good. So I think that's a really good place to start is if nothing else, use the iPhone. The cameras are great. Audio is great. Everything is going to be on there as far as uh, computer programming to uh, edit photos and video. Mm -hmm. One-stop shop. Highly recommend. You can even use iMovie or like there's a lot of free options mm -hmm. that will get you wherever it is you need to go, whether yeah. you're doing video or photo. And um, Snapseed is a really good <coughs> photo <laughs> editor um, that I like that's made by Google as well that uh, it totally gives you a lot of options. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things that's very important that goes hand in hand with this is you need a, a visual capturing device, but you also need audio. And that can be as simple as the iPhone. Like a lot of the stuff we record in the parks right now is simply an iPhone and we shoot everything at 4K on the iPhone. But uh, but you can get some really good micro or audio with the iPhone now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you might not get quite as much depth as, as some other um, technology. Like what we do when we used to film the college band is we actually had binaural earbuds. What are binaural? So... Think of two earbuds that you put in your ears and each one is a microphone. Okay. So you're kind of getting surround sound. Well, you are getting surround sound as you're recording it. And so we could plug that into our GoPros. And, oh, okay. and then when you listen to it with the right kind of headphones or AirPods or whatever, um, you get that surround feeling. Oh, cool. And, and like 
shout out, shameless shout out to Window to the Magic because they've been doing this for years and they have fantastic podcasts walking through the parks doing exactly Ooh, that. I'm going to have to check that but out. You don't need to be that complex. <laughs> you can do something as simple as the iPhone. Uh, if you're doing an in-house, in-studio uh, podcast or an audio podcast, there's always the Blue Yeti, which is kind of a good entry level mm -hmm. uh, microphone. I think we both have one actually. Yes. And, um, and then you can go to more expensive, like the SM7. And there's different levels for the level of commitment that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's important to remember for everything in this realm. Yeah. Is you don't have to spend a lot of money to put out good content. Right. And even if you don't have the equipment that you want to have someday. Like we already have dreams of what our equipment will be in here. Mm -hmm. Like we're always talking about what's next and what could be better. But if you're not there yet, that's not a bad thing because your content, if it's good, will always overcome okay equipment. And the real thing you want to do is make sure that whatever you choose, it's not distracting. So yeah. like if you have a microphone that's making clicking noises or fuzzy noises, I would not use the microphone instead just use an iPhone or something because yeah. we've had that issue where we've been like, we've overcomplicated it trying to make it cool and better and better is actually not better. Mm -hmm. And so if you can do something that's, that's not as complicated in a better way, I would always say go the cheaper and simpler way and do it very well, as opposed to going the expensive way and coming up with a mediocre product and, so say somebody is using the iPhone, they're starting from scratch. Yes. I have seen microphones that clip on your lapel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have seen people use just the the headphones that have the microphone yep. that on the, on the wire. Both work. And I've also seen people use the, um... <laughs> why am I blinking? AirPods. AirPods. Yeah. I was going to say AirPods, <laughs> and I was like, that's not, that's not it. The AirPods. What do you I think? I mean, we do like Disney, but. <laughs> <laughs> Out of those options. What do you think would be the better quality option? So I would say the one I would do last is the AirPods, just because there's the most chance for um, things going wrong. Like, I think the more direct you can be, the better. Okay. As and, in like plug-in versus mm -hmm. wireless. So we okay. have plug-ins, we have wireless, um, we have uh, a couple of, of Zoom microphones that are great. And... If you're just getting started, like I would almost just go basic. If you have a new iPhone, just go with the iPhone. Okay. And then after you feel like you're comfortable with that, then you could move, move up in the world a little bit. Um, yeah, I just have not been super, like, I don't love how the AirPods sound when mm -hmm. recorded or on live streams. Like okay. they're okay. But like, even uh, when we were doing Geeks Corner a couple weeks ago, uh, we had a correspondent in the park and... I told them they were using another uh, Bluetooth ear, my ear set, whatever you want to call them. I don't remember which one it was, but um, I finally was like, Hey, you know what? Like, can we just not use those? Because even though it might make it a little bit easier for you to hear us, you're coming garble. Like it's, yeah. if whatever goes by, like it's just one more thing that can cause complications. Yeah. And so we ended up just going simply from the iPhones and, um, and it was better. And after that, I would almost use the wired mic or earphones that come mm -hmm. with or used to come with the iPhones. I don't know if they still do. I don't uh, think they do. I don't think they do yeah. either, but I would almost use a hardwired. Yeah. yeah. And like 
we have um, little microphones, lapel microphones, and you can just put a dongle on some of those and <laughs> put them into your your iPhone too, which we've done in the parks through the years. But you just, I don't know that you actually need it if you're out and about. Yeah. And if you're in a controlled environment, um, then I honestly think I would almost just skip that. Yeah. Like, um, unless you're you're wanting to spend more money and and get something fancier. I was just going to say, um, so it's a good, a good segue to that. If you are outside and you're doing multiple people, mm-hmm. if you're, if everybody's close by, like you said, it's kind of a controlled environment. Yep. I think that the, the, from the iPhone, it's totally fine. Yep. However, if somebody's further away, I think the lapel mics really help balance people out. So you as can long as hear, you get the good ones. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I've seen people do TikToks with the lapel mics, uh, when they're in a, in a home studio mm-hmm. and I prefer just the regular iPhone. Yeah. I, I think it sounds real, higher... real t- mm-hmm. thin yep. and like tinny sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it could just be the quality of the mic, but Probably honestly, simpler is better. Yeah. And, and honestly, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna make that leap up to the middle realm, which you're looking at a couple hundred dollars at least, I would just stick with the iPhone. Yeah. And if you're recording into a computer or something, then you could look at Blue Yeti or, or something like that. And you can do it with your iPhone or iPads too. Like you can record oh, yeah. with a micro, like the Blue Yeti, I, I kind of always fall back on just because it's so solid and safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, they have, you can plug those right into your iPhone. And it has a really nice design. So if you're into the whole aesthetic thing, if you do a lot of stuff on video, they look good on desk. And honestly, that's, (laughs) that's what I would probably use. Like I would get the adapter to plug that into my iPhone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they make those, but they should. Yeah. If they don't, we're going to invent one. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not. All right. Moving into, we were talking about things directly plugging in, um, going wireless and what we thought was better. That brings us to our next, our next section where we're talking about internet connection. Um, There is a lot to be said about being able to upload things quickly and efficiently because nobody wants to be uploading a YouTube video for four hours and Mm -hmm. like having to babysit it. I have been there. I am sure that you have been there. Um, so having an internet connection that is stable and fast. I can remember fast, it would take uh, hours oh, man. for a 10-minute video that was not even HD. Right? Yeah. It was. It still had the, uh, was it like the 360p or something like that? Uh, 480, yeah. 480, yeah. <laughs> I think so. And, and that was prior to the speed internet we had. I mean, it wasn't dial-up, but it wasn't a whole lot faster. Yeah. Uh, so that is... If you didn't have a reliable source of an internet, mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can always use data. I I don't necessarily recommend that just because that's a lot. Where do you think people like? Where would you recommend? I know that you work from Starbucks quite a bit, so I rarely will do video at Starbucks because okay. it's so slow. Um, Disneyland actually has faster internet than Starbucks for uploading. Really? Yeah. Unless you're um, trying to get a lightning lane or a virtual well, queue. Yeah, but then everybody else is trying to do the same thing. But um, number one choice, especially if you're streaming, if you're streaming at home, plug into the wall. Mm-hmm. Like use an Ethernet cord. Like all of our studio stuff for Geeks Corner in here, like if we're doing something live and virtual, we are plugged in directly into the router, basically, and, okay. and into, in a perfect world, fiber. I don't think we have that, but it's still pretty fast. Like it's a very high speed internet that we pay for here. Um, if you can't do that, 
I would almost say, like, if there's a library that you can upload at, great. Mm -hmm. If you need to go to Starbucks, you're just going to wait a long time. <laughs> so I would try to do it from home if at all possible, depending on if you're uploading 1080 or 4K or whatever, mm -hmm. that's going to make a difference too. So like, I would never do anything 4K at Starbucks. If it's short and 1080, sure. Mm -hmm. Like then it'll still take for a two minute video, it'll take me 15 minutes to upload. But so then are I'm you not, like wasting my life? Are you thinking YouTube, like uploading to YouTube? Yes. Does it matter for uh, like social media? If no, you were I think gonna you do... could upload from anywhere for that. Okay. And like you could use your phone as a hotspot and you're probably uploading it from your phone. So that wouldn't matter. But like if it's a video or a podcast or something a little bit longer than two minutes, um, then I would be looking at somewhere that you have a really good connection. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and then it's, you know, then it's kind of hit or miss depending on where you go. Yeah. And you're always going to hit those times where you just can't, mm -hmm. can't control it. And the so. same as like, if you're trying to stream in public somewhere too, like then you have to recognize who's your host or who's your, um, provider, how good of a connection do they have at any given spot? Like I happen to know when we're at Disney California adventure, I am never going to stream fat cat swinger because where they play on the stage is just not a great zone oh, no. for streaming. Like yeah. it's, it's one or two bars and I'm just like, all right, well, this isn't happening unless I'm way back <laughs> there. So we just, we don't really do that. Um, and so that's something to be aware of too. And not all providers are created equal in the same places. So mm -hmm. just keep that in mind too. If that's a direction that you're looking to go is cause that's really popular right now is let's walk through the parks and stream the whole thing. Yeah. And, and we don't do that a whole lot just because, uh, my favorite way to do that is with no commentary whatsoever and just let people the ambiance. Yeah. Let yeah. people experience it. But the trick side is when I do that, I usually end up talking to people. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a, it's like, I don't want to give up the ability to talk to people yeah. to have the clean stream, but yeah, it kind of depends on what you're trying to upload or stream, mm -hmm. but okay. have a good connection either way. Yeah. Okay. So the next uh, section we're going to talk about is the actual content creation. So depending on what your preferred platform and content style, you might need additional tools. So for me, I go super simple. I am not tech savvy. Computer programs, like my brain doesn't compute on them. And we've had recent conversations about <laughs> software that like, I don't even know <laughs> what I'm doing. I sent you screenshots of like, so this happened. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we're talking about various photo editing software, so that can include like Photoshop or Lightroom or video editing software. So, so as mentioned, I was trying to learn Adobe Premiere Pro and like that. Which that, I love. Whoo, <laughs> too, it, too much. a learning curve. Um, so I have stuck to iMovie, which is my, my jam. I can totally do what I need to do. Um, that goes back to, you can do what you need to do in a quality manner on mm -hmm. iMovie that you try to do the exact same thing right now in Premiere Pro, and it's going to be sub-quality because you're just not at that point yet. Mm -hmm. And you could work up to that point, but at the same point, you kind of have to ask, is your time worth the effort exactly. of learning that much, especially when there's so much coming out now that simplifies the process mm -hmm. and, and makes life easier for video editors. Right. And, you know, I've used Adobe Premiere for decades and, and I will say I've switched to uh, Final Cut Pro. Okay. Mainly because it's simpler and I can explain it to other people on the team 
that also have it. And so then we're all kind of speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. And I discovered it also speeds up the process for turning things around just because it's a simpler program and it's robust enough that anything we're doing, it can handle no problem. Yeah. And um, whereas when I was working in television, I wanted Premiere Pro because there was a different output and a mm -hmm. different product that was happening. And that's a case where it's like, no, Final Cut Pro was not going to make, like, that's not going to be enough. Really? Okay. But Adobe Premiere Pro, that that's where I needed mm -hmm. for that. But there's so many tools now too, whether it's video editing or photo editing, that you don't have to spend buco bucks on. Right. Like, you don't need necessarily Photoshop today. Like, there's other free options out there. Or if you want, like, I actually was a huge fan of Adobe Express for a very long time. And it's kind of like a Canva, but made by Adobe. Mm -hmm. And I just realized as time went on, I was like, you know, I could use Canva and simplify life mm -hmm. and get more options because they're a little bit more creative than Adobe is. Yeah. And and I can get these other features that I like with Canva for, for photo editing that that Adobe Express just didn't have. And so I've been using Canva a whole lot more mm -hmm. for photo editing even yep. as opposed to just making graphics where I'll pop it in. I can do a quick edit on it. It's not something I'm going to like frame on the wall or something. Right. But, but if Canva would like to sponsor us, we can plug you a little bit more. <laughs> oh yeah, we totally would. But we really like, it's been a good tool for both of us mm -hmm. that we've been discovering more things we can do Yeah, and, um, and play with it. And it's just such a, um, it's versatile, I mm -hmm. guess. And I can do it on the computer or on my iPhone or the iPad. And yeah. so it's, it's good wherever I'm at. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note too, that regardless of if you are using something that is a super expensive uh, computer program, or if you're using something that's super simple to make sure that you are making it your own. Um, so I know that there's, there's, talk <laughs> with Canva about how like, oh, you know, everybody's using Canva and it, everything looks the same. Make sure that you are exploring your options as your your own individual brand. Well, doesn't yeah. Canva also send you reports every once in a while that tells you, like, I don't know if you get these, but I get them that says, hey, this is what you do on Canva. And so like it said I was 90% unique compared to other users really? of Canva because I never take like if even if I have a template that they have, mm -hmm. I'm always like, well, I don't like that. And I'm going to move this over here. Yeah. And so I always end up making it my own completely mm -hmm. anyway. So it's not just the cut and paste. Right. You know, Instagram square that everybody else you've mm -hmm. seen use for quotes or whatever. And for me, I'm making a lot of thumbnails for the website quite yes. often with them. And, and I definitely have that thought of like, hey, how can I one, make this fit with the site mm -hmm. at some level fit with the story? I'm telling as a second level and then um, and then also have some level of fun with it. Right. And I think we fall into the trap of like everything looking the same when we're using the tools that are a little bit more limiting. So I would say that iMovie is a little bit limiting as far as if I wanted to do special effects or whatever, but I don't do any of that in my own, in my yeah. own brand. I'm shooting at 4k on my iPhone. So, and in cinematic mode, Big that's, tip for that. Um, and so you can make your own look mm -hmm. on simple programs um, and make them work for what you need. So if you need to go higher and go to the the bigger, the bigger <laughs> words are hard. Program. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to go more, 
you can always go more. Yep. And I think that that's a, a good piece of advice of mm -hmm. just like grow with what your brand needs. And always be looking for what you want for your brand too. Like there's certain looks we've pulled from different channels and television shows through the years that I know if we're doing a certain type of video, we might pull a, uh, a Top Gear look. Like mm -hmm. Top Gear has influenced us through the years on Geek's Corner for special, like when we're doing special segments. Mm -hmm. Like quite often we'll pull that vignette in and then play with the saturation a little bit. Like there is that like, oh, I kind of like how they've done this. It's got a good vibe. Let's run with that. So watch what other people do mm -hmm. and see if it's something you like and, and like borrow from it, like get inspired by it. Use mm -hmm. it. We talked about this on one of our other episodes and I'm blanking on which one. Um, oh, you could have done another plug. <laughs> I know. That's where <laughs> my brain was going. I was like, what, what episode was Maybe it was finding your niche. It might've been Probably. that one. Okay. Well, so that episode another seven? plug. Yeah. Episode seven. <laughs> I okay. remembered that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So we've talked about our content creation. Mm -hmm. um, so when you are actually filming things, or um, we'll say if you're taking photos, or if you are filming, so anything on a visual platform, whether that be Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, I don't, I don't think Twitter or any of the like type-based platforms necessarily this would be such a big deal but you really need to make sure that you are lighting yourself well and that you are setting up a good background um so if you are taking a photo of a product let's say that you are trying to do things on etsy you're selling uh various different products you need to make sure that you have a good setup that is clear that is well lit things are going to be presented really nice and if you yourself are the product, so to speak. If you are selling a brand that is built on your your face, your image, you need to make sure that you are presenting yourself well as that product for people to connect to. Um, I have used, <laughs> literally just uh, taken shades off lamps and set the lamp in front of me so that it's, I mean, try oh, to yeah. get, I don't, I would not recommend getting a lamp that's very yellow because that tends to like, do like a weird unless you're doing you like orangey. unless you're like old timey. You want to go photos, for that. yeah? yeah then maybe, but um, well, I tend to use just is... the white the white lights. Yeah, my phone. I don't have a fancy camera, so everything that I do is on my iPhone. And you can always, if you don't like the look that you filmed, you can usually go in even an iMovie, I think, and change the the balance. It's of It's difficult. That's one of the things yeah. that I don't like about Isn't there iMovie. An auto? Um, it's like a weird slider. Like you can't. Oh, I thought there was an auto version too, but maybe. But be. I actually import everything into another app, and then export it. So there's to an extra step. It. Yeah, I do my own um color filters on everything, and then I will import it all as one big clip into. Which iMovie. can be a really good thing to do. Like I think you do that. I think mm -hmm. Haley does that. Um, Haley the Hatter. I think everywhere. But like, if you look at her Instagram, it's got a very definite. Yeah palette that she uses that's very different and very nice mm -hmm. and that's just that's just setting yourself up to represent your brand um what do you typically do so if you were shooting outside what do you typically look for if you're doing a portrait <laughs> we'll say a, we'll uh, a balance light not too bright okay like i'm looking quite often i'll find a place that's in the shade so that if, if i'm taking your picture i don't want like half of your face in the sun, half of it in the shade, and then I lose half the face unless I'm mm -hmm. trying to go for that moody, like, yeah, whatever look. But if it's just a, hey, we're having fun taking a picture or an HU, uh, her universe 
photo, I think is a probably good example is quite often I'll try to find something that's not too busy in the background that's going to let the subject really stand out. And sometimes that does mean even having a blown out background a little bit. Okay. Um, depending on where we're at and what we're looking, you know, like if you're at a beach or something, like you're just going to kind of get that light, happy look. Um, but my, my general preference is to keep the person in the shade or filtered light somehow mm -hmm. that's, that's all, all solid. And, um, and then kind of just work around what the environment is to not have anything distract. Yes. <laughs> like, honestly, it's almost a do no harm kind of a thing. Yeah. If it's a portrait because it's, it's not about, Hey, look at this cool place I'm in. It's, it's supposed to be this cool place looks at this cool person that mm -hmm. maybe is wearing a cool shirt or a hat or right. mini ears or I don't know. And, and so it's really trying to do no harm and be like, okay, if this person's the focus, what can I do to make sure that this person's the focus? And right. then I'm going to look at their heads and I'm going to look around them and be like, is there anything that makes my eye just kind of like follow mm -hmm. it and go out of the shot? Yeah. Like, do they have a tree coming out of the top of their head or... <laughs> a light pole or something, or is there, is there a weird line of a, a fence coming down? that looks like they're cutting across their face or, yeah. you know, something that just kind of is like, Oh, I look at that. I'm like, Oh, my, my, it drew my eye away from the person's face. Everything should be complimenting mm -hmm. whatever your subject is. It shouldn't yeah. be taking away from. And we can go into a full thing on, on photography there too, but generally just kind of look at the photo and be like, Hey, is anything making me look at something else mm -hmm. this you don't have to be a genius to do this you just look at it and you're like am i looking at the person or am i looking at something else in the shot yeah and and that's kind of this that's kind of where mm -hmm. i came for without that's getting too complicated i've loved the addition of the cinematic boat on iphone yes because it will blur out the background and it will give you the it will it will help you be the main focus of what you're trying especially to do. if it's a solo shot so like all of our patreon videos when i'm doing those for like the monday morning updates those I will always do in cinematic mode. Mm -hmm. And and then I think it it adds also a level of professionalism. It does. It looks really, really good. So if you have not tried that, highly recommend just go out and experiment. Um, it will work on both the front camera and the back camera. Mm -hmm. So have just fun. Just don't overuse it, as I would say, for anything. Like it's I have found that it's more difficult to use um for wide shots. Yep. Um because it's hard to That's track. That's exactly where my brain was. was yeah, like, it's hard to track. I did it uh a lot on our last family trip to Florida and I had a really hard time keeping it focused on who I wanted it to. Exactly. But I did find out later you can change the focus mm -hmm. afterwards, which is really cool. So you can edit it, but also if you don't want to mess with all that stuff, simple, just use hard. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you experiment, do, yes. do your own thing. Okay. Um, so I think, I think we're good with the actual like tech parts. Can sure. you think of anything else? Batteries. Make batteries, sure that you're good with batteries, batteries and power source are always your friend too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the big bricks for iPhones, if you're using that or mm -hmm. extra battery packs, if you're using the cameras, that's yep. a good thing. Okay. Moving on. We're going to talk about organization. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> organization can be the hardest part. Oh man. For me, um, that is probably one of the things that I have had to really focus on probably the last couple years. Well, it's probably harder for us because we're more naturally creative oh, in our bent. And so like even our conversations when mm -hmm. we're not, when we're not structured, 
our conversations go all over the place, which are probably hilarious if you're a fly on the wall. Yeah. Because we'll be talking about this even before recording this. We're sitting here talking about how many different things, probably like 50, <laughs> that started from one conversation. And, and so organization is going to provide structure, mm -hmm. which is going to provide consistency, which is an element of like, that's a crucial element for any success with social media yeah. or influencing or any type of influential success, which is really everything. Like mm -hmm. whether you want to be successful in the office, on social media, television, writing articles, whatever it is, yeah. like there's a consistency that is really key to all of that. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, organization is so important. Mm -hmm. So again, I'll, I'll kind of tell you guys what I use as far as sim simplicity. Mm -hmm. I have a larger calendar that is broken up into three sections. I have um, my this nine paper, to five, like a paper, paper calendar. calendar. Okay. Yeah. Nine to five is the top section. The middle section is um, DAPS podcast, whatnot. Um, also my own illustration stuff. And then the bottom section is all personal stuff. So like my grocery shopping, my laundry day, whatever. Because if I don't have an idea of things, I get myself completely just kerbobbled. I love that word. And um, my brain can't function and can't, can't zero in on what I need to do. Um, so that is something that I personally use. Do you use, what do you, do you probably do it on your phone? I do some on my phone. Like I have the, what is it? The Apple calendar thing and mm -hmm. that's where anything that's important goes and even though i rarely reference it the act of putting it in also puts it in my brain mm -hmm. so as long as it's yeah. there i'm usually pretty good and and then um and then for actual do you want me to get into actual like what i use for um let's save tools? that for the end okay. it was more of just like so then yeah. i have some other tools that i use for like posting schedules and stuff mm -hmm. like that but yeah, usually just Apple Calendar, okay. iCalendar. That's but what it's called. We can talk about like actual social media management tools. Yeah. Um, I don't personally use them, but there are ones that are called uh, Buffer. Which is the one I use. I've looked at Hootsuite. I used to use Hootsuite, but it priced me out. And so I just, like they used to have a free option. I just don't like it anymore. Uh -huh. um, Buffer to me gives you enough of what you need. And still you can do either without spending a lot of money or you can do it for free, you mm -hmm. can get a pretty good uh, management system in place. Um, and then the other one I use for YouTube that we've talked a lot about is TubeBuddy. And, and oh, those yeah. are like two of my big go-to tools is like, and then I also use TweetDeck actually for okay. uh, for Twitter. But, um, but Buffer, TweetDeck, and TubeBuddy are like my three every day I'm looking at and utilizing. So those are like, time. those are like the social media management. So those mm -hmm. would take care of your, do they tell you analytics? Yeah, I can. Okay. So if you're, if you're trying to track I mean, not social media <laughs> specifically, I don't know if they would necessarily be for individual like project tasks. Like, would you, I, I would assume that things like Asana, I think that's one yeah, of them you could use would be more like a project tracker if yep. you needed it that way. But the ones that you described are more like, I like scheduling. White, I like whiteboards for project management, to yeah. be completely honest, because I like having it physically in front of me and erasing and writing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but this is for scheduling, for kind of getting a lay of the land of this is what's going on in terms of our posts. These are the ones that are successful. These are the ones that aren't. Um, these are 
titles that seem to be working better if we're mm -hmm. looking at YouTube and um, things like that. So I like the ability to plan, but I also like the ability to analyze. Yeah. And I think both of those are pretty important. Yeah. So you would recommend more of like the social media management versus like a project tracker? Yeah. Okay. I think for the most part, I mean, some people are wired differently, but for me, that's, true. that's, that's just a thing that works. Mm -hmm. I don't have a need for all of that yet for my personal stuff. I think it's great for this podcast and for dApps and for Geeks Corner. I think those tools mm -hmm. are absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, so again, it's the kind of thing where you just need to figure out what works for you and you might not need all of those. You might just be able to get away with the, <laughs> a paper calendar. <laughs> well, and honestly, that's the more personal you can make it, the better it is in yeah. general anyway. And so, um, like, I think there's definitely reasons for yeah. going either way. Well, the cool thing about having a digital platform is that if you have multiple people on your team, um, Hootsuite would allow other users to like go in and, and do stuff. Do. And I know you want to pay. project trackers like Asana, you can add team members and assign people stuff. And so if uh -huh. you're if you're big enough to where you need to keep track of multiple people and various projects that are going on at the same time, yep. those are also really good to look into. Yep. Um, okay, we talked a little bit about some of them uh, looking at analytics and insights for us all in one spot. So that is actually our next little topic. Um, but those are really important for tracking your performance and understanding the audience that is watching you. So that's really going to be a key in how you would maybe want to forward your content um, and what directions work, finding out what doesn't work and what maybe there's a difference between something having more views, maybe something that has more interaction. Um, all of those things. So analytics and insights are definitely going to give you a, a really good idea of how, how all of that is working. Um, and it gives you the option yeah. to analyze and adjust. So you might, maybe you want one certain post to get lots of eyes on them, but you don't really care about engagement because mm -hmm. this is just a, hey, I want my name out there, which is great because right. generally you need seven touch points before people are going to take action on which things is insane. anyway. Yeah. So maybe that's one of those seven and you're hoping number seven, you're like, I've done a bunch of these. So people kind of know what I'm doing. They're quality posts. And this one I'm going to try being more engaged with, like, mm -hmm. can I get more engagement with? And then that's your, your goal. And then you discover, Hey, they didn't get as much engagement with that, but I still got lots of eyes on it. What can I do differently? And then you just, it's playing. Like so much mm -hmm. of this is exploring and playing. And if you want, you can research it more. And there's ways you can frame questions and, and things yeah. like that to um, draw in more engagement. And depending on where you post it, you're going to get more engagement too. Um, I think it's very funny how you can post the same question on like Instagram versus Twitter. And based on what it is, one of the two will have a completely different reaction than the other. And <laughs> and so there's certain times where, you know, maybe I'll ask a question about a Disney attraction, you know, what's your favorite attraction or something. And on Twitter, it'll take off like crazy. And then on Instagram, they'll be like, oh, I love the picture of the Millennium Falcon, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you didn't even read it. And, and so like, it's kind of an interesting thing. And sometimes like I'll write something more lengthy and and I feel like, oh, like this only interests me on Instagram. And then people totally engage with it and they'll they'll go into it. And it's usually when it's more personal and more um, 
people driven, I guess Mm -hmm. it seems like. And, and then it gets tons of engagement and then, and then maybe on Twitter, it'll do something completely different too. But I don't usually go into that much depth because Twitter's a different beast, but. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's interesting seeing the different analytics too. Cause like, I know YouTube will tell you, not only will it tell you how many people watched your video, but it would also tell you where people stopped watching your video. So you uh-huh. can see on the length of and the where video. where they came from. Yeah, where they came from, which mm-hmm. is also important too, because if a lot of your content is specific to a certain region, um, you can tailor that content to that. So say yep. for instance, I mean, we, everybody was around the world was watching the coronation happening mm-hmm. in, in the UK, but obviously, the people of UK are much more invested in it than the people, uh, us in the U S where it's, it's, it's interesting. It's more of an entertainment value, yep. but if your content was only about coronation, the Royals uh, stuff that happens with them, you're going to want to streamline your content more towards a different region mm-hmm. of people. You want to look at when those people are watching it. Cause you don't want to be putting your video up at a time when, when everybody's asleep, asleep you know, yeah. or maybe you do. <laughs> I, so it's ready. Then when they wake up, I don't know, but th- that's um, the kind honestly, of thing that you have that to. That is the goal we do with Disney this day is always having it ready. When the first people are waking up mm-hmm. is like having it up before East coast people. So three hours ahead of us. That's a good, that's a good tip. Um, so yeah, you just, you have to kind of think about what you want again. I feel like I'm, I'm saying that after every section, but it's true in, in different ways for each of these. Not to plug episode seven again, but that's the (laughs) importance of knowing your niche and knowing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. because then you can dial in like, Hey, this is what we're going for. This makes sense to get us here, whether it's a tool, whether it's an analytic, whatever, as opposed to poof. And you don't know what you're going for. And then it doesn't really matter because whatever you do is going to be equally effective or ineffective because there isn't a way to, um, to quantify it then. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's something like as creatives or as creative as both of us are, I think we look at numbers a lot. Yeah. And like, I look, it's hard not to, I look at DAPS's numbers more often than I look at any social media. Like that's something I am constantly analyzing throughout the day and testing like, oh, does this kind of article work better at this time of day? Or does it get more eyes this time of day? Or if I post it this time of day, does it really make any difference? No. Like, like those are the kinds of things I'm always watching mm-hmm. and, and seeing. But it's good to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. Like yeah. if you gamify it as, as opposed to stressing it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to do it either way. You might as well have fun. And, <laughs> and so to me, it's always kind of a race with myself versus yesterday or last year or whatever point in time that I'm competing with myself against. And, mm-hmm. and so I just think it's important to kind of make it a game. I like to make everything a game, but yeah. um, just to keep it positive and fun as opposed to beating yourself up because, oh, I'm down 20% over yeah. last Thursday or, you know, whatever it is. But yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about collaboration and outreach. So I myself do not have experience with this. I've worked with people, but it's not in the same type of realm as a social media collaboration. So when you're collaborating with brands and other influencers, um, what kind of tools would you recommend Um, for people to maybe look into or see if they could help? The number one thing to do is communicate. 
like you can use all the tools in the world, whether you know, I see Asana, Trello, email clients, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, and there's actually some other ends, like if you're collaborating with a brand, often they'll have their own collaboration tool. Um, like one that's popping in my head is called Grin. And you literally go in and it links with all your social media and, and it just connects you with the brand. And then like, they'll often do like solicitations of like, Hey, you could do, you know, this piece of art or this shirt or whatever it is, like you could promote this. And then you apply for that. And all of the interactions happen in this kind of a project management online okay. system. Is it, So it's their specific platform? And usually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a tool that's that nobody would ever see publicly. Okay. Like you, you log into it and it's, it's just kind of a behind the scenes thing that manages the relationship. Okay. And, and that's a great way if you're dealing with a bigger organization or you are a bigger organization and you're like, Hey, we want to start a ambassador yeah. program or whatever it is. Um, if you're collaborating maybe with like an Etsy shop or a, a smaller organization, quite often that is done with something as simple as emails back and forth and mm -hmm. a spreadsheet. And, yeah. and so like, I've got a friend that has a shop brand and he literally, everything he does for his ambassador, I don't know what he calls brand reps or whatever. Everything he does for that, he has a spreadsheet with like six columns or whatever, with all the people's information on it and what's going out and when, and these kind of things. And, and then he emails each person directly mm -hmm. and, or maybe it's a group email, but generally, um, I would email directly or do, you know, BCC yeah. so that you're not giving out people's emails that haven't been asked for that. But, um, but then it's just really, uh, like collaboration is communication. Mm -hmm. And so you want to, on both ends, make sure the communication line is clear. You want to know, this is what we're doing. This is when it's due by. And, and this is how we're going to know it's done. Yeah. And, um, and, and if you kind of know those three things, you're going to be fine. Um, even if you're collaborating with, maybe it's another social media brand or it's another YouTube channel. Like we love um, the insiders, like they're fantastic uh, group of people and we've done collaborations with them before. And sometimes it's been planned and other times it's been like, Hey, we're both at Walt Disney world. <laughs> Let's do something right now and do a giveaway on a live yeah. stream. And, um, but it's, it's really like, that's a lot of, texting and emailing and be mm -hmm. like, all right, this is going up at this time and we're going to record it this time. And so, so you've got that plan in place and you yeah. can set yourself up for success. Which would really tie into making sure that you are planning out your content uh, mm -hmm. accordingly. And that kind of goes interchangeably. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, it, and it's just, it's, if you have a good plan, it's, it's much easier to set yourself up for success than mm -hmm. if you are, I don't know if you're flying blind yeah. at the end of the day. And, um, and at the end, like for collaboration and, and reaching out to people, like there's nothing better than, you know, an old fashioned cup of coffee or <laughs> yeah. chatting with people or, you know, like Noah said, uh, episode eight, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I think. laughs> um, but like, there isn't, there isn't anything better than bumping into a collaborator or a brand rep or a media rep, you know, at Disneyland or at yeah. a coffee shop or, you know, wherever it is that you like to go and you're out and about, because the more you can connect with them, the more effective it's going to be just because that relationship is one, going to be more strong two, more authentic because you actually have a relationship as opposed to 
a you know a nameless or a faceless void person yeah. on the other end of an email and and it just I, I think there's a level of authenticity and fun that comes with that that will come through when the collaboration actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something too, just as a random thought that I, I had. Said one thing you did. You said something okay. about emails about yes. how a lot of times the friend that you had that had the Etsy shop mm-hmm. did everything through email. How important is it to have an email that is clear, concise? and part of the <laughs> brand and not not a crazy email that you thought of in eighth grade when you had to sign up for yeah, email for an, school. Have an email that connects directly <laughs> with you and is professional. Um, like you want it to you want it to be very clear who this is mm-hmm. emailing and not like DLAND MB four three two sixty seven forty five my at aol.com my email that i gave all my teachers in uh-huh. college was goonies are good enough at yeah, hotmail.com it's too too long there were all these like I interchangeable mean, letters enough, <laughs> <laughs> don't use an email like that i suggest with gmail specifically it's really easy to just set it up with your brand name or your yep. own name whatever sees this info at whatever so. No, no, keep it very clear and concise and <laughs> don't get cute. Like keep it just, just do what it is. S- sparkly redhead XX05. Don't, there, don't do there, that. There, yeah. Somebody's signing up for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last uh, little section that we wanted to talk about is network, networking and engagement. Uh, so making sure that you are engaging with your audience and following influencers is crucial for building your online presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I only, the only management tool that I have for answering comments, uh, liking things, it just kind of happens when you merge Facebook and Instagram oh, together. The, uh, It'll make yeah. like a, like a page or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't like it. It drives me crazy. I don't use it. I, don't use it. Um, I prefer I just actually, to go on I to use each it platform. For the Dapp stuff. I don't use it for Mr. Dapps. Mm. So generally if, if it's coming in through a Dapps Facebook or Instagram or something, then I will check that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's coming to Mr. Dapps, then I'm going to do it on the individual platform mm-hmm. just because it's quick. It's simple. Like, and I yeah. think it's more personal. Yeah, definitely. And you were actually saying earlier before we started recording that you set yourself up on a schedule mm-hmm. to respond to that. So again, that's like scheduling your engagement and not letting it take over when yep. you should be creating. Yeah. Um, so do you want to share yeah. kind of what you, how you went about that? So I have a couple times a day that I schedule. This is like my Instagram time where I'm going to respond to anything I have on Instagram, or this is my Twitter time or my YouTube time. And it's a very like, five minutes here, five minutes there, usually once in the morning and once in the afternoon or evening. And it is determined a little bit about how news breaks because Mm -hmm. that changes things too. Like even before filming today, a story broke. And so we were running a little bit behind because I was like, and and so it messed (laughs) up my schedule a little bit, but um, I do like to keep myself very regimented of like, this is when I'm checking this. This is when I'm responding to this. This is the amount of time I'm allowing myself to do it. Because if I just set it off and let it go forever, like I could probably go for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I know I have a time limit of five minutes, then I'm like, all right, let's get to this and really be intentional and yeah. professional about it then as opposed to just like, oh, that's fun. Let's go yeah. down this rabbit trail and discover otters in the Pacific. Sounds you know, amazing. There we go. <laughs> Which they are or penguins like that can get me going really far down a rabbit hole too. But 
But if you're intentional about it and you're you're really deliberate, mm-hmm. then you can spend your time creating things as yeah. opposed to reacting to things. And I actually think that's something very important for uh, for success in general is you want to be proactive and not reactive. Mm-hmm. And if you're proactive and you're driving your car or driving your life, then you're choosing, this is where I spend my time, this is what I'm doing, and this is how it's going to impact my future. Whereas if you're reactive, you're always going to be playing catch up. Mm -hmm. And you're never actually going to be making decisions that benefit you moving forward. They're just going to get you through the moment at hand. And and that's just not a solid place to set yourself up for success as you're moving forward. Yeah. Uh, So basically, just it's okay to set yourself up for a time frame of when you respond to all of this, when you actually engage, just make sure that you are engaging and creating a connection between you and your audience. Even if you take weekends off, if you say, I'm here Monday through Friday, weekends are my me time. And it also helps it from becoming overwhelming. So I used to work a full-time job. I have another business outside of DAPS. And then I was also running DAPS. And so that's basically two and a half full-time jobs. And along with everything else I do. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can do everything that I do, and I continue to do a lot, is by really segmenting of like, this gets this much time, this gets this much time. And and that created the time for me to create. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. Okay, so we have talked about a lot of stuff and hopefully we will have all of this in the show notes for you so you can have like a a quick guide. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So closing up, those different categories. Um, let's talk about, I mean, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but let's talk about what we specifically use. Uh, so I'll go first because I feel like mine is a little bit more simpler and then we'll we'll navigate all that is with, with DAPS and, and the two shows that you run. Yes, um, soon to be three. So technically what I use, I told you guys before that my main source of video, uh, any type of recording editing is mostly on my iPhone. That is my hardworking. That's where I spend my money. So if I'm going to upgrade a piece of equipment, I'm going to make sure that my phone with the cameras are going to be the best quality that I can afford. Um, It is still cheaper than buying a big, uh, this is my non-camera knowledge, DSLR. Let's call it a DSLR. Okay. Or a mirrorless, but yeah. Okay. Um, So that's usually what I have. I do have AirPods. Uh, I don't use them for filming. I will use them for editing sometimes. I'll pop them in my ear and make sure that the uh, levels are okay for headphones. Because the last thing you want is to have things be really quiet. And then a new clip starts and you're just like, and you just kill Mm -hmm. everybody's eardrums. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants that. Um, Let's see. uh, For taking photos, I also use my phone. I take product photos outside. Or by a window. I try to get something that that has shade. Uh, Like you were talking about, not a lot of reflection from the sun coming in. Early morning is the best for me. Or the side of the house (laughs) in the (laughs) afternoon when the shade kind of goes over it. Um, But again, I try to make sure that everything is clear. If I am taking photos of the studio, I make sure that I have a good background. I use cinematic mode if it's not quite up to par so that it blurs things out. Um... I try to schedule myself during the week. So I have posts going Monday through Fridays. I take the weekends off of social media unless I'm just on it for fun. Um, And then I work on a lot of projects during the weekend. That's kind of like my project time. And again, I use my regular. A lot during the weekend. (laughs) I use my regular calendar. Uh, I'm I'm pretty cheap. I use iMovie. 
which, you know, that was the whole thing that we talked about earlier. Yeah. I've figured out some things to manipulate within the program to get them to do what I want. Um, I have started upgrading some things like I upgraded my subscription to Canva, which we've both got. Mm -hmm. Like um, that's one place. I think it's worth spending some money. Let's see. What else have I started? I, I just started using Shopify for myself. So mm -hmm. that is a selling platform. We didn't really talk about that because it's not really a social media thing. Um, but I try and to, use, I'll get to that in a minute. That's okay. I try to, um, really think out the tools that I'm going to use that are going to be most beneficial for me. I could have a subscription to all of these crazy high-end things, but I just don't understand them. So for me, it's not worth it to have a really big camera. Even a, it might be amazing. Maybe that is in my future at some point, but right now it is not. Um, when you want to have a return on your investment, which you probably wouldn't get with some of those things. Right. And at the end of the day, at some level, even if it's a hobby, you've only got so much money and so much mm -hmm. resources that you can invest in this thing. So you don't want to spend tons of money on subscriptions and then maybe you do want to throw the money into the bucket, but mm -hmm. ideally you want things to at least break even. Right. And, and so, you know, we could get into that with somebody probably or us at some point too, about mm -hmm. the business of doing this stuff too. But uh, yeah. And it's okay to, to buy things that may not be as high quality, but will give you still quality results. Exactly. So I just got a, it was really cheap. It was only like 30 bucks, a big ring light that has a tripod that I can put my phone on. I don't need a big fancy tripod for a big camera because I don't have a big camera. Um, I got one that can hold my phone and I can hold my iPad at the same time. Perfect. So if I am reading off of a script or if I am live selling something, I can have uh, feedback, like I can see comments mm -hmm. going, as well as we talked about the two cameras. That's basically what I'm using it for. That's great. Um, and then the, the ring light is also a color LED one. So I can change the tone of something. If I'm doing super fancy shots, I can do that. But I didn't want to spend money on big studio lights number one i don't have room which we've never spent on either yeah like i mean these are these um, are all halogen are these the big what do you call these uh these are all work lights like, yeah they're they're and not the big fancy ones they're literally light bulbs in work lights and <laughs> we do have one uh little bit fancier of a light that's, that's over there yeah and and that was literally something i grabbed during the pandemic for my office <laughs> <laughs> and that was only like 20 bucks or yeah. 30 bucks too like we just don't like, I don't think you need to spend lots of money to mm -mm. be good. And and if you want to be 4K on, I don't know, NBC or something, ABC, I should say, since we yeah. cover Disney mostly. But, like, sure, if you're going to be on a massive screen, then maybe you want to get things at another level. Yeah. But, but odds are, most of what you put out is going to be watched on one of these. Yep. Um, and I think like 80% of our, our videos are watched on phones. Yep. And and so you just, you have to realize what your, your audience is and where they're watching from. Mm -hmm. Start where you are and work your way up as yeah. you go through it. Do you want to go ahead and that's a good segue to. Yeah. I'll try to go what, have. what I go through really quick. Uh, I have, we do a lot of stuff on iPhones. I have a Canon 6D that I shoot uh, photos with a lot. And I also do though, like, couples portraits and engagement shots and stuff like that um, outside is kind of a side thing mainly because it's fun and and I like photography so that's really why I've gone all in on the DSLR um, microphones you've seen what we have you know we have something as basic as Blue Yeti and iPhones all the way up to the SM7s kind of what we've been talking about we also mm -hmm. have some 
um, lapel microphones that are wireless that are decent too. Uh, what else do we use? Um, I use Final Cut Pro. I use Lightroom all the time in terms of um, editing software. I think those are kind of like my two go-tos. Canva I use a lot. And um, I really try to keep it streamlined. So I'm not spending too much time in the program and I'm spending more time on the creating mm -hmm. on the back end or the front end, like either the video portion, if I'm doing a video, I want to spend time doing this and creating video, not spending all of my time editing manipulating and yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm very much a, I like our videos to be as real as possible. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to not make them too flashy. Like I don't want to, chop up fumbles that we have or if we have a moment that we're just you know like oh what was that what was that episode we <laughs> want to talk like i want those real moments to happen in our videos because i just think it's it's personal and it's relational and that's mm -hmm. a choice we've made whereas other podcasts <laughs> and choice we've made. it is we from the very beginning <laughs> we're like to be this, a is what we're... this was a choice we made <laughs> i like that I'll, I'll talk to drew um but like it's uh but it's something we decided on before we started the podcast is this is how we're going to do it this is the editing process we're going to go through and and we continue with that uh lighting you just heard what we've done mm -hmm. um our I will say we have spent a lot of time, not as much money, but we could have um, basically controlling sound in here mm -hmm. and controlling the light. And so that's something you could go into too, if you want, is really like trying to control the sound. And, um, and you can do that with like behind the scenes me, you can see this, this is actually a blanket that's in front of um, insulation in a hollow wall, this black wall behind me. And so that was just a way that we could absorb the sound so it wouldn't be so echoey in the studio. And there's other tools like that throughout the studio or yeah, other panels like that throughout the studio and above us that are absorbing that sound as opposed to letting it echo all around, which is something we could have talked about, but now we did. So we, yeah, we're good. we just did. We got it. Check and that off. <laughs> I use Buffer and TubeBuddy all the time. Mm -hmm. And TweetDeck is kind of like my, I like to watch or engage with Twitter with TweetDeck or just the Twitter app. Which do you, which is the one that uh, you can check? Do you have one that checks analytics of everything? Um, not anymore. Okay. I used to, and that was kind of Hootsuite. Okay. And, um, I've played but, around with Metricool and it, it yeah, gives me an okay idea of it, but it's not like. So I, I kind of do them individually. Like TubeBuddy is where I go to for my YouTube stuff and Buffer kind of handles a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I often will go into Instagram and stuff too. Yeah. Um, okay. Did do I miss we? Anything? No, I don't okay. think so. Do cool. you want to do, is there anything extra that you use for geeks or this particular Yeah. Podcast? So if we're streaming and actually even for recording this, we use a program called uh, StreamYard. And we used to use a program called Ecamm, but that's another case where it was actually too much program for what we were doing. And since we live stream and live produce ourselves, so when when you watch Geeks Corner, I am running everything from the desk. You know, it's over there. But um, but I am kind of in the corner of my eye watching comments. I'm putting graphics up and down. I'm you know, if there's a video that plays during it, I'm putting that in. If we have a guest that's coming in virtually, I'm bringing them out of the virtual background or virtual green room onto the show. All of that I am doing with this. And um, he's holding a mouse. It's a mouse. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, but I'm running all of that. And and so what we discovered over the last year is we loved the quality and the bells and whistles that Ecamm offered us. 
but the usability of it was way more distracting for me and way more stressful. And I is a lot more setup. Mm-hmm. Whereas StreamYard is a simpler program. It's not as robust, but we could put on a better show uh, with StreamYard that, that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's simple, but it's better. Yeah. And, and so that's another program we use all the time. And then the camera in the studio is a Sony 4k video camera that, yeah. um, that we've used for the last few years. And you'd see us in the parks. We'd often film the college band and stuff like that with that too. But, mm-hmm. um, that's mostly what we have. And then we do have a Yamaha, uh, soundboard that we use for everything that's going through into the computer, just because it has some processing power that we liked, um, for making voices sound better. And we can like, this is where you're starting to go from middle to advanced of like, how can we really mess things up by yeah. complicating them? And that's something we didn't do until really, like we had a very simple, um, I think it was a Mac keyboard for years. Um, and this one's completely digital, which is awesome. But um, it was one of those things where during the pandemic, we could focus on some of these things. We had time to learn things more and yeah. or learn about more things. And so we spent some time to be like, hey, what would be a really good board for what we do? And so I talked to a couple of pros that I worked with. And um, and so they really provided the professional level of knowledge to me and say, this is how you can get the level of quality you want without killing yourself off. So it's kind of a, we set it up beforehand and let it go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's something you could look into too, if you really want to go crazy, but I wouldn't yeah. suggest that at the beginning. <laughs> okay. So suggestions for beginners. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Our, I think our biggest tip and trick is to just start where you are. Grab your phone. Do your thing. Um, whether that is, you know, making art. Whether it is wanting to be an influencer in a Disney park. Whether that is taking pictures of your food. Just do it. Because if you wait until you have funds or the resources to get all of the super fancy stuff, you're just going to overcomplicate it. You're going to start out having this huge learning curve and you're not going to be able to actually get to the creative content that you want to get to. So I would say that's probably the most important mm-hmm. thing is just to start where you are. Just, just you know, be like Nike and just do it. Yep. Just get it out there. Start developing that connection with the people that you want to mm-hmm. in, to influence. Yep. And, and as you're doing that, there's two things I would say is always have fun with whatever you're doing. And then also be willing to ask for help or Mm -hmm. feedback. Um, And it's, it's not always going to be what you want to hear, but it's going to help you get better. And, and so I regularly will ask photographers that are better than me, what, what they think of things or what could I do better? And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I liked that picture, you know, (laughs) or whatever, but it's, it's giving another perspective that we're not going to see. And, you know, I'll ask, people in our industry. I'm like, Oh, how did you do that? Or what did you think of that? Like we, we have those conversations pretty regularly. And, um, and usually it's people you want, you don't want to ask just whoever, you know, it's like, ask the people that respect, ask the people that are kind of have the same mindset as you and ask people that are, are generally more, I would say positive and building up as opposed to the people that are negative and breaking down. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, you're trying to build something special and you're not going to do yeah. that necessarily by getting beaten up, but the right people will help you go from here to there and go one step at a time. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So 
if you guys have any questions about any of the stuff that we talked about, um, if you want us to go into more depth about any of the programs and or equipment and have, you know, beginner things that you're still trying to figure out, please let us know. Leave us a comment below or uh, you can message either of us on uh, Instagram or Twitter or wherever. You can see where we're listed for the actual podcast if you want to message us there. Uh, we would be more than happy to go into depth with any of this stuff if you guys have more questions. Absolutely. And um, if you want to connect with us in a more in-depth way, you can always do that on Patreon as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are always putting up new stuff there. In fact, we have uh, some fun things happening that uh, are giving clues as to what's coming in the future uh, of Daps Magic that the people on page, I guess our patrons, are, <laughs> are having an active discussion about what things should specifically look like. And In terms for this podcast? Is that what you're hinting at? Uh, not necessarily, but okay. indirectly. Okay. But yes and no. <laughs> yes, but they're always there. Um, also, if you like this stuff, let us know you like it by liking it, subscribing, <laughs> that was good. following, giving us reviews, because that actually <laughs> helps us as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like us, let us know. And um, and that helps us get found. Mm -hmm. And And that's just everybody wins that way. But thank you for so much for joining us. Influencing Magic is made possible by DapsMagic.com, a safe and positive place to find Disney news, resources, and community. Your hosts today have been Mr. Daps and Annie. I know, surprised. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is produced by Mr. Daps and Annie, also a surprise. Thanks to our guest coordinator and social media extraordinaire, Caitlin. And you can find everybody's social media information in the show notes. We don't have a sponsor yet, so if you'd no. like to be one... Just Can't. reach out. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, send us an email and we would uh, love to connect with you about that because that would help us. That get would be amazing. New mics um, <laughs> or a new mic. Well, we need more mics. We have one good one and then we're getting to better some days. But uh, that's all we got for you this week. Yep. So uh, make it a great day, everybody. And keep kind. <laughs>